Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it is a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms, and that's where The Hunting Exchange steps in. The Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal. And as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items is also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or knives. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. And also brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for the guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of the guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rural King, Bass Pro Shops, Academy Sports and Outdoors, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. I'm your host, Joe Bayer, here with my co-host, Clint Flowers, and Butch Theory this week. Guys, deer season is officially over almost every state. A little bit of time left in Florida at the time of we're recording this, but where most of our minds go whenever deer season's over with is what next i'm thinking about turkeys myself predominantly and whenever i think about turkeys i think about i want to be the one to get them not the predators last time we were talking about how to prevent nest predators one of the things you can do if you want to protect your turkeys not just during nesting season but year round is to focus on taking out coyotes and in our home state of Alabama, this year we're going to be offered a, really for the first time, a night hunting season uh, for both pigs and coyotes. And so that's going to be a new thing for a lot of people, getting out there at night and giving it a shot. Have you guys had a chance to do this yet? I have not, man. Actually, that's not true. Well, I've, I've tried to predator hunt for coyotes one time. Um, I keep saying I'm going to do it every year. Like you say, about this time it wraps up, you hear a bunch of coyotes and you want to get your population of turkeys as a... Uh, as many turkeys as possible yeah and fawns is great for fawns too my cousin and i did it one time and it consisted of me flopping around in a field whistling like an injured rabbit and uh it wasn't the safest thing looking back (laughs) and it really wasn't very effective so that's my experience with coyote man i'll tell you what once you do this at night and you see how much more effective you can be i mean the first time i ever did this down in florida we killed more coyotes in one night than i had killed in my entire life and it made a huge difference a lot of fun those suckers aren't near nearly as wary at night but there is something to it it's not just as simple as just go on out there and they're going to come out of the woodwork so to talk about that this week our guest he has been hunting coyotes since he was about six years old texas he's a former navy seal sniper and has professionally guided hunters in six countries over the last two decades chuck ruback joining us again chuck welcome back to the show man hey joe thanks a lot thanks for having me 
Yeah, man. First off, thanks for your service. Tell tell everybody about you know how you got into guiding hunters. Well, I've been I've been like you said I've been hunting uh, since I was young. I uh, have continued uh, throughout my adult life. Just ended up building some security programs for some clients and, that like to hunt and wanted to learn how to hunt and go shooting and stuff like that. So it kind of started off that way a few decades ago, and then um, kind of grew into hey, let's go try to get this in Alaska. Let's go try to get this in, you know, South, uh, South Africa or whatever. It just kind of organically grew that way. I didn't really have an intention of uh, setting out and uh, doing that, but I've, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Well, you know, today we want to pick your brain on coyote hunting at night. So, I mean, first step, we want to kill a coyote, we've got to find a coyote, right? So uh, what, yep. what do you do first? If you're going onto a piece of ground, what's the first thing that you are going to do to find coyotes? You know, is it a scenario where you really got to find some fresh sign? You, you need to understand the lay of land, or is it more of a, you know, if you call, they will come kind of thing? Uh, I wish I had a, a simple answer for that, but um, I think what I would start with, and you kind of hit on it, was, you know, my local uh, and state, you know, regulations of what's current. Um, like you mentioned in Alabama, they're going to open up a new night season. That's great. So uh, there are a lot of things to consider um, before that. I think the recon is very important, you know, understanding the habits, uh, do some research on the animal, uh, you know, whatever you're going to hunt and kind of understand its behavior and what it likes and doesn't like. At the same time, I think it's really important to know your hunting area. So just understanding your environment, I think, is uh, very, very important. The more time you can spend out in the field, you know, not hunting necessarily, but really paying attention, uh, the better. And then part of that is going to be setting up on the range as well. So a lot of times uh, you'll you'll get into a situation where, depending on your environment, you're going to hunt from a blind, you're going to hunt standing up, you're going to move around. Um, you're going to need to make sure that you do this practice on the range. So if you're going to be sitting down in some vegetation um, in a in a pseudo natural blind, you want to make sure that you you know spend some time, considerable time on the range with those shooting sticks and whatever rifle or shotgun you're going to be using. So you don't want to just get out there, set up, and the first time you're shooting, you know, on a pair of sticks and you've never done it before or haven't done it enough, and then you can miss critters that way. Yeah, I don't know what that missing's all about. It's never happened to me, but I could imagine <laughs> that, uh, you know, that would be a terrible feeling uh, if it were to happen to someone. So, but speaking of, <laughs> so speaking of that, talking about maybe hunting out of a blind or, you know, looking for th these areas where you hope to be able to call a coyote in, is there a better area than another? Like, do you look for bigger fields or, or shooting lanes or, you know, like with a turkey, I don't like big open spaces. I, I like to get around where I kind of have to force them into a pinch point. And by the time they figure it out, it's too late. With coyotes, what are you thinking about? If you're looking at a block of land, does your eye go to any certain terrain feature as a good place to, to set up? Yeah, whatever. And I would base all of it on the wind. You know, the wind is going to be a, probably the most significant factor you're going to run into with coyotes, but their, their sense of smell is absolutely amazing. And second is their eyesight. So I'm looking for cover as opposed to what's going to be my best spot to set up, considering what wind factor I have and where I think they're going to be coming from or they're going to. That again, that time on the property, your time on the, on the earth, walking around and looking and noticing that. And, you know, there's, there's predominant or prevailing winds in different parts of the country typically at different times of year. So considering what season you're in or where, what time of year it is, you can kind of 
have different options to base, you know, put, put your, set yourself up with depending on uh, where, the, where the prevailing winds are coming out of. So have a couple, you know, primary and secondary locations to get set up for. What about camouflaging ourselves, Chuck? Um, is that, you know, is that an important factor at night? I know you mentioned, you know, them having a great sense of smell and sight. What are some basic do's and don'ts there? And, you know, like a blind, I guess that's a form of camouflage and a, probably a little scent eliminator as well. Is uh, coyote hunting at night something you'd want to be in a blind for? You want to be more mobile? Just kind of walk me through your thoughts there. Yeah. So, you know, they hunt at night. So, uh, and, and during the day as well, but they, you know, they're, they're very active at night. Obviously you guys know that I, I like using natural vegetation as a blind and, or if I'm going to hunt from a blind, I want to make sure the blind, uh, you know, again, I have those different options considering the wind, cause you can be scented from a blind as well. You know, if you have the windows open, things like that, um, it gets hot in there, you start to sweat oh, yeah. and it increases. I, I don't typically, I, I like natural veg blinds. I like blinds that have uh, been there for a while. If I'm going to use a hard blind, I don't really like the, um, pop-up blinds just because I, I haven't had much success with them, really. Well, they, they restrict a lot of visibility, I would think, and at night that's even wor- even amplified even more. Yeah, and it's, you know, they, they, they make some noise if it's windy, and, you know, it's, it's just kind of, I just don't like them. I'd rather have a natural kind of carved out area where I can uh, kind of use the natural vegetation to my advantage. Um, set myself up, like you said, with those with a couple different shooting lanes. Give myself some options if they come in from this way, if they come in from that way, or coming going that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I wouldn't overlook camouflage at all or scent control. You know, that's your, that's another scent camouflage. Absolutely, uh, setting up in the in the right uh, wind cone and knowing your equipment for this kind of stuff is you know noise is another factor. We can get into that with uh, if you practice this all this stuff in the range. You know, sitting on the ground, using your shooting sticks, getting set up, picking up your technology, turning it on, turning it off, knowing how to work it. You know, do the buttons click? Do I have any metal or stuff on my body that's going to make noise um, and alert them? Can I, am I set up to, you know, just shoulder my rifle or or shotgun and actually take a shot uh, quickly and accurately as opposed to having to do this extra movement? So you can work those those bugs and then take it and apply it effectively out in the field. I love talking about a wind cone, like you just mentioned. I think about that a lot with whitetail hunting in the sense that when I was young, uh, I always thought I got to get the wind right in my face, right? Like I want my wind to be blowing directly behind me. As I've hunted more and more, I've learned that animals, they're going to use a wind they're comfortable with. And (laughs) when you're staring in front of you and the wind's in your face, a lot of times that's not making those animals that want to go into that area you're staring at very comfortable. So mature animals, especially deer, if we're talking about them, I always look for these, I I call them wind edges, you know, like I, I really, if I'm sitting over a field, for example, I'd rather have that crosswind than I would have a wind directly in my face. If I know where the deer are coming from, if I know where they're bedding predominantly, So I'm thinking about that same analysis with coyotes. You know, you're talking about really paying attention to the wind when you're thinking about your setup. Do you look for crosswind or do you like to have that wind in your face blowing directly behind you? Because, you know, I imagine coyotes, like most animals, if if they're coming into the call, they are probably going to try to circle downwind and you want to be able to catch them circling you, I would imagine. So just kind of take me through your thought process on using that wind when you set up for coyotes. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're, they're very cunning creatures and they, they'll do some, some tricky stuff on you. I, I, I like what you said about the wind edges. That's great. 
I also think that, you know, you've got to manage that between your different wind cone options, your different blind or, or shooting uh, area options. And additionally with daytime with the sun. So you, the sun in your face will maybe good, maybe, maybe not good. So if I can have the sun behind my back, uh, kind of blinding the, the animals. So, so the sun is in their face, but I, but I can, I can make the wind work. I would prefer that setup. Additionally with the wind and you, and you got to consider that moonlight as well. So same thing, the sun is the moon at, at, at night or the moon is the sun at night you, with, with the same kind of reflectivity that you have. Um, you want to kind of put that moon behind you if you can and manage the wind properly. Also with wind, you know, animal, animals tend to get, be a little bit more sketchy in, in higher wind. So it might be good. It might be bad They're, They can't pinpoint a scent as well. Uh, there's a lot of things moving around them. They're, they're more, much more cautious. And then vice for the, for the hunt, the hunter side of it, you know, you can miss things as well because there's a lot of, you know, tree limbs and brush and leaves and stuff, grasses flowing around, moving around. Uh, it makes it dip more difficult for a hunter and that's day or night to pick up uh, any type of movement. And again, with that scent cone, a lot of folks I think will try to walk directly in. I don't like walking directly in. I like acting like the coyote, meaning if you know your area, you can, Take your time coming in, getting in there, understanding that wind and how the terrain can actually change that and in, in a good or bad way. So your terrain, along with the wind, because it'll swirl, it'll 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 rush up, rush down, uh, it'll change on you. So you might you know you might blow it getting in there, uh, or you might be set up, and all of a sudden the wind slightly shifts, and then it kind of you know gives you away. So yeah. that's why I think doing that homework on the ground and those different conditions, free hunt is important. Guys, let's take a quick break and take a minute to check out some of the businesses that keep this show free for you each week. Do you want to provide better nutrients to your deer? If so, try Southern Buck Food Plot Blends. Your deer will love it. At Southern Seed and Feed, they specialize in making textured feed for horses, cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, chickens, small animals, and wildlife. Their products are proven irresistible, scientifically formulated to promote excellent herd health and hunter satisfaction. They supply products to various distributors throughout the South. So visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. And also brought to you by Brush Clearing Services. Are you interested in building a healthy, sustainable habitat for a wide range of wildlife? If so, Brush Clearing Services and their 20 years of wildlife management experience should be your first choice. Brush Clearing Services environmental land clearing treatment selectively removes vegetation, leaving desirable trees and root structures undisturbed. Mulch left on site accelerates natural decomposition and reduces soil erosion while increasing soil moisture. Check out their full line of property and land services at www.brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690. This is a little bit off topic, but you know, usually when I get blown by a whitetail, it's over with, or I feel like it is. Sometimes it may not be, those deer may come back or, you know, a little different herd may come from a different direction. If you get busted by a coyote, is it over with, or do you move across the property? Now, so remember the different coyotes uh, or, or different packs have different territories in the visible line. So you might be on the edge of two, you know, packs, you know, two different coyote packs that are, so what you might get busted by one coming from one pack, but yet you still uh, have an opportunity because there, there might be competing on that borderline, that invisible borderline that we cannot see that they know very well where they're, where they're, where each pack's boundaries are. 
you can get lucky and and I would just be patient and wait it out. You know, I've also seen, I'm sure you guys have as well. You've seen uh, a deer spook and they might run 50, a hundred yards and stop. And it, maybe it wasn't, it didn't freak them out that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it, they just go, well, you know what I might, I've, cause I've seen them come right back in. Oh, now, yeah. if you're, if you're busted pretty hard, you know, and they're running 50 miles an hour or whatever, then, you know, you're they're not going to come back today, but they might come back in a few hours if they're hungry. Well, that I'm glad you bring that up. One of my, I would say my favorite thing about turkey hunting is also my Achilles heel, which is I don't have to sit in one spot for, for three hours waiting for right. something to happen. You know, if you, something's not happened to move, move on. Now, oftentimes I move way too quickly and a turkey comes to my calling when I, you know, should have just stayed there. <laughs> but <laughs> that being said, one of the big struggles, you know, anytime you sit down on a turkey to try to call one in is when to yeah, get up, with you when you give up that. on this, this setup. So with Kaya, same question, Chuck. How long do you give a spot when you know you got your wind, like you've done all this, you've, you've paid attention to your ingress and the wind that where your wind's going as you're accessing a, a setup, you, get you got some decent up. sign. Yeah. You got sign. You've got the moon at your back. You've got it all right. You're camoed in there. How long do you give it before you're all right, let's move to another setup. I would say it depends on the size of the property that I'm hunting. If I've got a, a large thousands of acres, uh, hunting, you know, area, then I'll probably give it less time. So 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe an hour if I'm, if I'm feeling comfortable or I'm really just enjoying, you know, the moment. And I have a lot of property to hunt, then I could, I, it'll be less. If I have less property to hunt and less locations that I've already scouted or I don't know, then I might give those spots a little bit longer just because, you know, I'm out there and maybe I get lucky on it. But it, I think it depends on your hunting area, one. So if you have a lot of property to hunt, I would spend less time in one area and move to more locations as opposed to if I had less area to hunt, then I would give each location a little bit longer. And obviously this is affected by the size of your property as far as how much this question could could hurt you. But when it comes to moving, are we talking about purely on foot unless you just absolutely can't or is it okay to move around in a cart or a motorized vehicle, lights, no lights, all that kind of stuff? Is that going to really, I mean, obviously you don't just going to pull up to the, to the spot and hop out, but how much can that affect? How sneaky do you need to be? Yeah. You get a lot of people out there, so they just, they're running around on rangers. They've got kids or they're older, you know, whatever the case may be. So walking miles across the property to move or may not be really feasible for them. So how much does, how should we move? And how much is moving with vehicles going to mess up our hunt? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, at this point in time, I mean, if you're, unless you have some very remote property where they never hear a vehicle or it's rare, I, I wouldn't worry about moving with vehicles because they're going to see this and hear it. They're used to, they see it all the time. They're in, that, they're in their back, you're in their environment, right? So if you're driving around anyway, checking blinds or checking food plots or just having fun checking out your property, they're, they're going to be used to hearing and seeing that because it's not like they only see it at night or hear it at night. They're going to be used to those sounds and smells of exhaust, et cetera. So I wouldn't worry too much about that other than when you kind of approach, you know, I wouldn't come tearing in there to a new area. I would conservatively drive around. And when you find your next spot, slowly come to a stop, try to reduce your noise. If you're hunting from a vehicle, if that's okay in your area, make sure you've done that in the daytime as well. You practiced on the range with it. You understand how to get out of your vehicle or how to set up in the dark and have knowing your equipment and, and practicing with it on the range. So you don't make any, any little mistakes that kind of get you busted. 
All right. Now we have done an entire shows devoted to coyote calling Chuck. So I want to keep this section short, but I want to ask you, what, what do you think is the best call for coyote hunting? Like most, most folks, they're just getting into this. I think they want to make it, keep it simple, make it easy. Do you think we should focus more on prey calls or more on coyote calls, trying to make sounds of the pack, you know, or is, or is there a time and a place for both? That's a great question, and I'm glad you said to keep it short because the uh, I'm sure you have some references, like you said, with your other shows. But rattling a buck or calling a turkey and calling a coyote, those are you know guys who dedicated their entire lives to that art form. So I think you need to practice different things, use different techniques. You know whether it's prey, distress, whether it's doing challenges. I mean, it just depends. And I, if you've got a lot with the the, the electronics and the e-callers, I mean, you have so many options on there. And if you don't have success, I would, I like to keep a journal on different things. So I think I encourage whoever is getting into this to kind of journal down what they're, you know, take some data, put some notes down on how, what they've had success with. Cause you know, I've seen some things work that are, and then other things not work at all. It just kind of, again, that's knowing your environment, the moon phase, you know, that affects different things as well. So your moon phase will, and then there, when they're, uh, when coyotes are, are breeding, you know, breeding season, uh, when food is scarce. Um, you know, when they're, when they're throwing pups and, and, and things change. So they're looking for, they're looking for different food sources or they're, they're looking for different challenges. So I, yeah, I, I don't have a, a best answer for that. Yeah. There's a whole show devoted to that. And like I say, I mean, it, it's going to change depending on the time of year that you're out there. I think for me, if I, if, if I'm thinking about it, just my own logic, I just think a coyote is always going to eat. He may or may not be interested in breeding or she or may, may or may not be interested in that. I don't understand pack dynamics uh, as well as I understand flock dynamics in turkeys. And so uh, it's definitely something to, to learn and to pay attention to. But I, I don't think you can go wrong being an easy meal. So, well, I think, I think Butch went wrong. Yeah. I could have done some things differently. Terrible <laughs> rabbit. I was a terrible <laughs> rabbit. That's true. Well, another thing to keep in mind too is your volume. So it's not just about. So this is a, this is how wind plays into your equation. This equation as well. So we keep going back to the wind. I mean, it's something to play with as well because your volume with a, a light wind is different than a, your volume with a, a, a heavy wind. Sure. So and that's going to affect. You know, you could it, maybe it's too loud and it freaks them out. Maybe it's not loud enough and it doesn't give them, give them the attention they need but volume and type of call and you know wind that's why it's it's pretty difficult to kind of figure out guys let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsors bucks island marine at bucksisland.com you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass pontoon and bow rider style boats new and used motors as well as kayaks they love trade-ins which provides a steady stream of used boats and they can rig your boat at their 18-bay service department, or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks are proud to be your metal roofing headquarters for over 40 years. Save time and money by buying from the most reliable manufacturer on the Gulf Coast. If you buy it today, you pick it up today. They offer 20 Sherwin-Williams colors to choose from and a 40-year warranty. Baker Metal and Dixie Supply, two names, same great service. With the addition of their new store in Cantonment, Florida, 
They now have eight locations to serve you. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks, your metal roofing headquarters. Well, man, the next part is something that I know we can talk about at length as well, and that's picking a gun. You mentioned earlier whether it was a shotgun or a rifle. What do you like? What calibers do you like? Are you a, a bolt or semi-auto guy, your rifle or shotgun guy? What What do you think in terms of choosing a caliber and choosing a setup? Yeah, that's a, that's a, another loaded question. Um, I think that sucks, but I, I'm a 308 guy basically, uh, but I like bolt action and, and semi as well. I mean, you know, I'm going to take a, a lever action or, or a shotgun if I'm going in a thick, brushy area. As far as anything that gives me about 50 yards of range, I'm going to be going with my with a with a semi or a bolt action pin. Most likely a semi if I'm coyote hunting. And then I guess it just depends on what you like. I like iron sights. I also like uh, putting optics on it, but I like a 4570 lever action iron sight rifle. Um, I also like a shotgun with a red dot on it. And then I'll, I'll play around with it with my semi platforms. It just depends on kind of what I'm feeling that day. Some folks even like, you know, taking a, a wheel gun and uh, hunting with that, you know, I guess it just depends on what you, what you like, but I think the environment's going to play a factor into it and what you can and can't use uh, in your area. Some folks don't, or some states don't allow uh, for certain weapons, as you know. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Joe and I are new to the night vision world. Right now we have setups with an EOTech uh, holographic uh, with our photonist monocular that we can kind of fling down in front of the EOTech for night you know, night applications. We've had some really good luck with hogs that way. But the one thing that I have noticed is the magnification. Um, you know, that that holographic doesn't have much of a magnification. So would you rather have a setup kind of like that or would you rather have a magnified scope? Well, I would say if, if you want to set yourself up for success, then make sure you understand your area, right? So where I set up my uh, decoy on e-collar, in relation to my blind daytime is going to be different at night right so it might closer or more than likely most likely it's going to be closer so i would get on the range with that and understand you know your shot pattern your shot group and and your distance with that setup with whatever night vision or night and a night vision device setup you're going to and and sight you're going to um, you're going to use get on the range and practice Put some paper out there and see how far you can take it out. And then now right. you'll know in relation to that how far you can set up your decoy and collar from your blind. That makes sense. How far you can reach out and touch them with your setup. You need to be comfortable with whatever that capability is. Yeah, and I would do it from using my shooting sticks, you know, from a chair off the ground, you know, whatever right. rest position you can use and or standing up as well. So, Chuck, I'm sure you can somewhat dictate this by how you set up, but... In your experience, do you think that more of your shots come in inside of 50 yards or outside of 50 yards when you're doing this at night? Oh, yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say uh, inside of 50 yards. But I mean, you know, you can, if you've got a long field and you've got a, uh, a good uh, lighting condition and, and you've done it uh, on the range at that distance, um, you know, 100, 150, 200 yards, if you could see if the conditions are correct and you can, and you can confidently take that shot you know, one of them crossing a the field or whatever, what have you, maybe coming in and you can, I wouldn't suggest doing it on the move, but if you can do it on the move and you're good at moving targets, then, um, you know, that's, that's on the shooter, you know, the shooting commander. You know, talking about, you know, Butch mentioned that we're, we're running the night vision setup, And when, when you think about night vision and thermal, you know, are, are both of those in your pack when you go 
coyote hunting? Uh, do each have their place, or do you have a preference? Uh, typically, yes. And uh, I mean, I, I typically like to use the thermal for scanning, mm-hmm. and I like to use the uh, the night vision for identification and actually taking a shot. One of the things the thermal doesn't typically pick up is uh, anything between you and the animal. So not always going to see the branches or brush or little, little, Mm. little tiny little trees growing in front of you. Whereas you would pick that up, typically pick it up or should pick it up with your night vision. So you don't like shooting, missing and shooting through trees or little brush that you can't see. I would typically go with a night vision device. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like Butch mentioned, we're, we're using Photonis line. That's our only experience with, with night vision optics. You work with Photonis. What, Tell us what you like about their optics, and you've used them in the hunting environment and other environments. What do you, what do you really prefer about their optics? Well, the optics themselves are are some of the highest quality you can get. The lamp, the glass, the optics, the platform itself. I really I really like the quality of it, uh, and and but mostly I like the performance of it, which is it's it just the clarity, the, the the way I think it feels calmer on my eye. I mean, it, it is calmer on my eye. Uh, as, as compared to some of the others. So I don't have eye strain. It's just very, they're very comfortable to look through and, and use and, and clear. And I just feel like I could see more with this, with that product and with Photonis. And I, I just really like them, not to mention the size and the weight. It, it's just a good piece of kit. I'm very, very pleased with it. Chuck covered a lot of ground in terms of coyote hunting, especially at night. Um, what do we miss? What, do, what mistakes are you seeing people make when, they, when they're getting into this? I think, and I think we touched on it a few times, but it's get, your setup is important. It's, it's, it's highly important. So I would take your, your planning, you know, uh, your recon, your setup, your gear, your equipment. You need to know that in and out, you know. So I would put everything I have on whatever I'm going to hunt with, everything, my backpack, whatever I'm taking out in the field, I'm going to take that entire setup and put it on and go to the range daytime, try it all out, listen to the noise, uh, make sure I understand. I don't make any unnecessary movements when I'm getting ready to take a shot, act like you're exactly going to do this out in the field. And then I would repeat that again at night on the range. Um, and you do that, you know, get some reps doing that, um, daytime and nighttime, know your equipment in and out, know what's going on. And you're able to, uh, you're going to be more successful, I guarantee it, just because you're not going to make these little mistakes. You can iron out those little mistakes on the range at night, and then you're going to increase your or tr- your odds of success out in the field. I, I, I guarantee you that. Great advice. I can't echo that enough. The first yeah. time Butch and I went out, I got scoped. I've never been scoped in my life. And it was because, I, like he was talking about, I had my EOTech set up. Everything was good. Shot it. Everything's fine. Looks great. You know, Put the night vision uh, on behind it. Everything felt good, but I didn't try it, you know, before. You'd never shot it before never that. Never shot yeah. it. And then, you know, in, in a hunting environment, you know, you're not even, you're just not really paying that close attention. You're focused on the animal. And, uh, yeah, open that old, open that old eye up a little bit. If I'd, if I'd shot it, you know, I would have at least known to shift that mount up a little bit more forward. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great point. I do that with, you know, with everybody I take hunting and myself included and for every different uh, season or for every different setup, whether you're, you're hunting deer or duck or bear, whatever it is, you, I, I think it's highly important to use that kit um, in a range setting before you walk out of that truck into the field. No doubt about it, man. Well, Chuck, 
It's been fun, man. Thanks for joining us on this topic today. You know, what I think we mentioned, you know, you work with Fatanas. Of course, they're a sponsor of the show, and we appreciate you guys. If folks want to check out the full lineup over there, everything that's going on with night vision, you mentioned, and I can't agree with you more, I love the lightweight setup. It's tough. It's tough. tough. It's clear. And having done both thermal and night vision myself, like you said, I get a ton of eye fatigue with thermal. I don't get that uh, with night vision. So it's nice. It's enjoyable. Yeah. And I've found a whole bunch of other uses for it besides just hunting at night. Absolutely. If folks want to check that out, where should they go? Yeah, yeah go to uh, photonicdefense.com. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Don't forget about our sponsors and make sure you support them. First South Farm Credit. First South can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. To find out how First South can help you, visit their website at firstsouthland.com or call them at 800-955-1722. They are an equal housing lender. I'm really excited we can finally do this in Alabama. I haven't done it in Florida, like I was saying at the beginning of the show. It's it's a game changer, man. Not only is it is a blast, I mean, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you put in the time, you can make a dent for sure. I mean, you do this in, in conjunction with trapping, and you can make a dent on predator populations. I don't, I don't think – I don't. I've never felt like you could do that hunting them in the daytime. No, I agree. You know, we are talking about the night vision setup that we've got. One of the things I really, really liked about it um, was just getting around. You know, like we are slipping around on a golf cart, uh, hunting pigs. Total pitch night, black. Total pitch black and just being yeah. – you know, no lights on, no nothing. And, you know, be just like if you're walking in an area, it's got uneven ground, walking down a hill, up a hill, muddy, whatever it may be. This is preventing you from rolling an ankle. It would made getting around a lot easier. Plus, it's just, oh, yeah, it's cool. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> not even, you know, not even hunting at night that night, you, you know, you and I were doing some hog hunting i mean we're literally it's a little scary for the person in the passenger seat there's a lot of trust involved <laughs> rolling around the pitch black but i mean you know just riding around with that monocular you can i was you know avoiding sticks and stuff i mean you can literally be a master of darkness yeah and even walking in and out of the woods i use mine pretty much every single time walking to my stand in the morning and walking out at night and you can good for slipping in on those turkeys trying to get there early too that's exactly oh, don't, correct don't say that you're gonna get in trouble now <laughs> I don't, well, I don't mean, I I don't like mean midnight, it. Joe. I'm talking about Right, right. right. <laughs> well, you know, like, and having done some thermal hunting, like, I've, I've had to be the guy that was in the back of the truck doing the spotting with thermal. And, you know, on a 25-degree night, that gets old pretty quick, pretty fast, whereas night vision, you can look right through the, uh, right through windshield. the windshield. So, yeah. That, yeah, it's got its advantages. I think they both have their place in, in night hunting. But I've enjoyed that setup, man. It's pretty cool to be able to go from, from spotting to shooting with the same unit too you know if you yep. if your budget's uh concerned like all of it is for all of us you know just being able to get double duty out of that unit is really nice too i've enjoyed that i'm i'm really looking forward to this being able to do this on a property for hogs and kayaks i'm gonna tear their butts up yep i plan on putting that same setup on an air rifle it sounds like a quiet situation yeah suppressed just quiet dark nobody's gonna know what's happening masters of darkness <laughs> enjoyed it it was a good show guys yeah, enjoyed it. See you, boys. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you. To get the podcast emailed to you each week, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. 
you'll join our email list. And wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros at landhunting.com. That's going to do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. This week's Sunland show is brought to you by Patanas Defense. Masters of Darkness is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Fatana 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and their hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Patanus Defense, Masters of Darkness. And also brought to you by Alabama Farmers Co-op. Alabama Farmers Cooperative has been serving gardeners, farmers, and everyone in between for 85 years. Visit www.alafarm.com for more information and to find a co-op near you. And also Boaters List. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. Locate anything from fuel docks, service repairs, or rentals of large yachts, all the way down to paddle boards, and all things in between. BoatersList.com will always strive to make it better on the water.